This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good afternoon to you. Welcome. It is the Lori and Julia show for your Friday on My Talk 1071. Everything entertainment. What kind of day is it? Yeah. What is that? It's a lovely day. Lovely oh, day. Lovely day. I never lovely. knew what they were saying. I'm like, a what lovely saying? day. Bill Withers, lovely day. That's I just thought I'd throw that in there. There you go. All right. Uh, we do want to tell you about <laughs> I hope you didn't spend a lot of time on that. I did not this spend morning. a lot of time about it. <laughs> On it. Okay. I uh, want to let you know about something that is going to start uh, Monday with Jason and Alexis and Dawn. It's uh, we want you to have an happy, get it? Happy, happy. July. Starting Monday and uh, going through the end of the month, you will have a chance to win $107. How? For downloading and using the MyTalk app in the month of July. Now, if you if you have already got the app, don't yeah, worry. Yeah, what happens? You're already registered. Oh, okay. And then just open the app for a chance to win $107 each weekday. Uh, the MyTalk app is uh, like having a radio in your purse or pocket. You can even, and uh, B. Arthur showed me this, you can set the MyTalk app so that it will wake you up to whatever show you want to be awakened to. Really? That yes. kind of sounds scary. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway. Shazam! We do that. <laughs> yeah, right. We're screaming off names yeah. of different things. This is true. All the info on how to uh, get a chance to win, mytalk1071.com. Use the keyword cash. We'll start giving the cash away on Monday morning. Nice. That's, that's always right. a good thing. And we're giving away two pairs of Luke Bryan tickets one pair this hour and one pair next hour for uh saturday july 21st at target field with sam hunt that's right he's opening so that's going to be a great a great uh prize for somebody to win on this uh sunday and or this this fine friday and this sunday that is what is on my mind so for the lovelorn the people who haven't found their summer fling their summer romance this Sunday is your best day of the summer to find a date because Match.com looked at 20 years of data. Oh, really? Yes, to find out that the Sunday after 4th of July has the biggest increase in signups and messages over any other day over the summer. Like, for example, there will be 20% more signups than on the Sunday following Valentine's Day. Which has always been the big day. So it's day. like midsummer. People are thinking, okay, haven't met anyone. Haven't met at anyone a music out in a bar. Love it that that is the only place yeah. that people are allowed to meet people. Well, I'm just music saying festival. that is a, a big reason. Haven't why met anyone go, yet. Mm-hmm. Thinking don't want to be alone the rest of the summer. So it is the Sunday after the Fourth of July. So if I you want to do that, and all right, Match.com also asked people what summer date activity they'd want to do the most. 
And the top five are sporting events. Okay. Wine tasting. Mm-hmm. Salsa dancing. Really? Skydiving. Really? Whoa. For first dates? No, just summer date okay. activities. Oh, my gosh. Okay. And white water rafting. This is an active group. Yeah, it really That was is. the 24 to 32 I like the first three. Yeah. The sporting events, the wine tasting, the salsa dancing, and, you know, it's... Uh, it's a we got it's sporting palooza. I actually watched Wimbledon this morning. I oh. watched. I was nervous for Serena, very for that gal that she was playing. We can't give away anything yet, can we? Because people tape it. Yeah. No, we're not going to give anywhere. And Venus, they both played today, and they played on courts right next to each other. And we don't know what happened with the guys. We can't talk about it. I, I'm not paying any attention. Um, but you'll have to get off Twitter if you really want to yeah. not know, because the minute a name pops up, you know it's trending yeah, probably not, for, well, I guess good or bad. You don't right. know, so you're afraid to click. I'm afraid to click. Mm-hmm. I don't so we can't even it. say what happened with Serena. No. No. This morning. Just no. in case somebody taped it. I did like how they kept... Because they play it again at night in yeah, prime time. They kept flashing, or the camera would flash over uh, to uh, her fiancé, Ohanian, uh-huh. whatever his name is, Alexa... Alexis, Alex, Alex, and then they. One of the commentators said, "I think I just heard the baby say mama." <laughs> was the baby with him? Yes. I never even saw that. Yes, really. Yes, I was trying to watch okay. it and do a million things. Yeah, well, tennis, including my toes. You know, I wish tennis would be on the radio, but then I realized if tennis and golf were on the radio, too many people would sleep, yes. fall asleep, and drive their cars off the road because those are. The cadence of those two sports with the commentators is very soothing. I feel that way about baseball being on the radio. I love listening to a baseball game. Baseball, but that's why they don't broadcast golf and tennis. Because you need to see it, Lori. You need to see it. No, but it would be too dangerous because those are really even lower key than baseball. No, Lori, tell me how you would do color commentary on a tennis game. It's the same way you're doing color, listening to the color commentary while you're running around doing a million different things. You can listen to it without seeing it. You just told us that you were doing a million things. baseball's different. It it is baseball because there's there's more to talk about than all sorts there is, of statistics to talk about. To talk about. That's why golf strikes. and tennis would no, be terrible on the radio no, because be. you would fall asleep. It's so boring to listen to on the right. radio. That's my thing. I'm yeah, saying I, I agree with that. That's the reason why it <laughs> isn't just so bizarre. It, okay. That's why it's not broadcast on the <laughs> okay. radio because it would because no one would listen because they want to watch it. I it's bet Wimbledon is broadcast on the radio in the UK. I, I bet, bet it they is. do. It probably is. But like the thwack of the balls and the pauses between what to say, it would just simply put Sorry. people to sleep. Just like golf would put yes. people to sleep. As you know? we approach the yeah. third green. Exactly. But how nice and nappy is that? I have listened to golf on the radio. You have? Mm-hmm. Kind of nappy though, right? Well, totally. That's why I watch it on the TV if I want to go to sleep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, you just proved my point, though, about saying that but you I can would run never around. Hear t- I, tennis, I wouldn't. Oh, no, I was in my house running around, Lori. And right, but you it. can. You don't have to have your eyes glued. You can just sort of hear with the advantage, Serena. Yeah, I guess. You know, and you're, you can miss you can miss a couple seconds of action because we know they'll replay a really amazing shot, I think. They, they do. They do the rerun on that. I mm-hmm. didn't see Meghan Markle. She's not been supporting her friend. She's waiting till next week. Let's it's, hope she wins. Yeah. And, and makes it to next week. And then, of course, everybody's all about Bra Bell. 
What is Brabell? Brabell is Belgium is playing Brazil in the World Cup. Oh, okay. We can't talk about that either. We can't. No, I know, but yeah. I mean, that's, that's, that's what they're over. calling it. Brabell. Brabell. Brabell, <laughs> because of the two teams. That's yeah. the hashtag it got from. I kind of like that uh, one. Isn't it? So, anyway, yeah. But we do know what's happened in that game. Don't tell us. Do you know, Donnie? I do. Oh, yes. I, I yeah. don't. Yeah, I do, too. I Couldn't you tell from the screaming around here? We have no. so many Brazilian and Belgian fans in this yeah, building. I know. <laughs> Honestly, no, welcome we to ESPN fans. Sports. That's mm-hmm. right. We're right here. We're live for you. All right. Listen, we come back. Um, we've got our story we can't get enough of. And also, sometime this hour, we'll be giving away the Luke Bryan tickets. And at 3.30, we're talking to a first-time author for a really amazing, of course, what do we love, psychological thriller, The Perfect Mother. Everybody, thanks for hanging out with us. Yesterday when we were talking about Song of the Summer, we did forget one uh, contender, the Maroon 5. The girls. A girl, girls like us. That was kind of, we I liked don't that like, one. I don't but like not, it enough. Not enough. I listened to it last night. It's nope. not, it doesn't have a beat. It's okay. not easy to dance to. All right, fine, yeah, then it's out. Yeah. No, it has to be yep. upbeat and fun. It yep. is out. Okay, so the, the kids in the cave in Thailand. Julia. It's so, I, it's unbelievable what is happening. I know. I mean, let's roll the, um, this is from ABC from Good Morning America. We'll get an update. And Elon Musk has now flown engineers to the site. So I'll update you on that Mm. after we get what happened yesterday. A real tragedy. This camp waking up to this news this morning. This The man who died was young. He was fit. He was a former Navy SEAL. And I think it really just underlines how dangerous this cave is because by contrast, those boys are inexperienced. They're weak. And as you say, they've been in there for 14 days. Overnight, a terrifying development in the cave. The first fatality of the increasingly dangerous mission to rescue those 12 boys and their soccer coach. A former Thai Navy SEAL killed while bringing air tanks to staging areas along the planned escape route. Authorities say 38-year-old Saman Kunan, who'd rejoined the SEAL solely to help the search, died from lack of oxygen. His dive partner finding him unconscious in the water during the one-mile swim from where the boys are stranded back to the operation base in Cave 3. A treacherous trek where teams must shimmy along ropes, slipping through narrow passageways in the places where they must dive near zero visibility and fierce currents await. A new video this morning shows that even in areas not fully submerged, helmets bob just above the water with barely enough room for rescuers' heads below the ceiling as they use ropes to pull themselves through the cave. The rescue diver's death sent shockwaves through this camp, underlining to everyone about just how much danger those boys are really in. Meanwhile, rescuers continue to pump billions of gallons of water out of that cave. We now know that waiting for the water to recede on its own is not an option. Authorities confirming that the boys have a limited amount of time before they run out of oxygen. The large number of rescuers in and out of the cave also using up the usable air supply. Oh, maybe one or two days and the storm is coming. That's That's a big problem with the the flood in the the, the cave. So will they move them before the the storm? Yes. Yes. Definitely? Yes. Still, the Thai Navy SEALs are hopeful, posting a promise to Saman on Facebook, writing, Today you get some good rest. We will complete the mission for you. Those SEALs keeping the faith, but with a storm front moving in and oxygen running out, this rescue has never been more desperate. 
And mm. and now they mm. really realize there's no way to to scuba dive those boys no. out if an experienced person dies. Diver, and he was leaving oxygen tanks all along the way. Oh, that just makes me so and sad. And then he ran out of oxygen. And um, Elon Musk. Now this is breaking. All right, is tell that, me. So he is sending. Uh, his SpaceX engineers, like 12 of them, okay. to Thailand to see if they can figure out a way because... It sounds like they have days. Yeah, no, like, it's it's bad. And then, you know, the oxygen. And so his, uh, it's SpaceX and Boring Company. They have advanced ground penetrating radar okay. and digging holes. And this is what Elon Musk... One idea is inserting a, a, a nylon tube... Or shorter sets of tubes for most difficult such sections through the cave network and inflate with air like a bouncy castle. Wow. Okay. And it would create an air tunnel underwater against cave roof and autoconform to odd shapes. Wow. That is, that's his idea. And they're like, please come. Anything. Anything. And then also this other place that could dig. So that's a, because you know he's he's digging the tunnels under LA because he wants to put in a high speed yeah. network. Well, and someone said it's a five to six hour swim to get there, and he said, "Oh my god!" He said, "If you're in an air tube, time doesn't matter much." You like, just, how fascinating! Yeah, it's like out of science fiction. How fascinating! That he could uh, think like yeah. that, and then um, then someone else said, "Well, you need to have an airlock at both ends." He had an idea. For that, I mean, this is all happening on Twitter right? Mm-hmm. with him going back and forth. And he said, um, you know, as long as the air feed rate exceeds the leak rate, the tube will remain inflated. This is how bouncy castles and houses or inflatable mazes Jeez. work. Needs very little power as the works physics definition of work is low. This is fascinating. Pumping out water faster than it enters the caves is 10 times to 100 times more power. Okay. So, so he knows. Like, it's it's amazing. Yeah. So that's I, pretty cool. I know it. Um, yeah. So anyway, this this is just something that they're 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 That's how desperate they are. And I'm glad that Elon Musk is like there. And he raised his hand. It's like said, a wild idea, right. but it could work also because put, remember in the report yesterday, the the boys can hear something above them. Yes, they can. Yeah, they heard dogs barking. Yeah. And so they're wondering if this boring company with can their find with, with their radar and stuff right. if they'd be able to do it. But yeah. um yeah, it's it's just it's unbelievable. And you know, every, the whole world is kind of is watching that, you know, because yeah, I know. it's just like it everyone just goes Ugh. It reminds me of the guys in Colombia yes, that were stuck the down oh, yeah, the miners. The miners. They were in Chile. And Chile, they, they yeah. did what yes. 21 days? 27 or they did something, something like really that. Long. It totally reminds Hi everybody, this is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson. Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game, and you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. 
Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. Everyone was watching. Yep. Everyone was doing. So hopefully, you know, maybe Elon Musk will have... That'd be totally cool. Yeah, the wouldn't solution. that be amazing? Yeah. Yeah. So um, anyway, yeah. It's just unbelievable. Every I call my, you know, I talk to my mom a couple times a day, and she's just like, "Oh, I just, I just am so nervous and anxious about those boys." Those boys yeah, yeah. And you know, a couple of days ago, she was mad at the coach. I'm like, "Let's not get mad at the coach." She taught the kids how to do meditation. Right. They ran in there a million times before. Right. They touch a wall. Yeah. That's why flash floods are. We're kind of seeing that all over with the different flooding, these flash floods. Like, what did they say? Well, the, the Less town- than five inches of water right. to carry away a car? If yep. a flash flood, it's just like, boom. Yeah, well, like what happened powerful. in D.C. when I was there at the town over, the old town that got wiped away again, and the streets, you know, the cars just go wiping oh, down the streets. yes, that place in Maryland. Twice yes. in a, yeah. two years in a row. Yeah, wow. So that flash flooding is scary. Well, I... I, anyway, so fingers it's crossed. It's so interesting, though, Yeah, what he's thinking of. The uh, Chilean miners who uh, went through that horrible or- mm-hmm. ordeal eight years ago, they are watching this situation. and Because oh. they know what it's they like to be trapped like, yeah. under... Except they were adult men, and we, these are boys. Boys. Yeah. And so this coach has taught them all how to meditate. Yep. That's how they got through the 10 days of no food, being scared out of their mind. And it's pretty fascinating. Yeah. I just want it all to work out. Okay, so um, then let's give away our Luke Bryan let's tickets. Let's do it. Okay, let's, let's, okay, we've got a celebrity voice. If you win the tickets, you're going to go to this concert with a friend Saturday, July 21st at Target Field. Luke Bryan and Sam Hunt is opening. Go. Keep supplying these kids. Oh, I'm sorry. I was listening to the... Yeah, yeah, that's okay. Mm-hmm. You're still Chilean listening minors. to the... All right, let's get that off the screen there. All right, here's your voice. My mom would say... She, she did not like us being on the boulevard, as you can imagine, in the 70s, so... We would drive by or we'd drive down the block and she would say, if I ever catch you on Hollywood Boulevard, don't ever come home. Any thoughts? 651-641-1071 is the phone number if you think you know who that is. Mm -hmm. Do you know? Oh, totally. Oh, Lori. Oh, I thought I'd be a little t- tougher. No. I, I don't know who it is. Mm-hmm. Julie's going to write it down in red right. pen and share that mm-hmm. information with me. But We always do this. And yeah. we- because sometimes neither of us know. Oh, of course. All right, now I can hear it. <laughs> yeah, totally. 651-641-1071. Uh, Donnie, you want to just take the call? and uh, uh, Yeah, we're just, no, because we got the break we coming up. We got the break. Oh, we're okay. getting an author. All Someone's right. just going to get lucky. Congratulations to whoever you are. We feel like that was an easy one. Maybe the next one will be harder in the next hour for mm-hmm. our Luke Bryan. All right, listen, we will be back with Amy Malloy and her novel, The Perfect Mother. up on all the trends. This is the My Talk Now trending report. There are things you need to know. 
Trending online this afternoon would be Brendan Urie, the Panic at the Disco singer, has come out as a pansexual in the latest edition of Paper Magazine. Also trending this weekend at the box office, Ant-Man and the Wasp, the latest Marvel movie, the 20th in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, is out today. Also, uh, Star Wars Episode Nine trending this afternoon, as that movie has reportedly cast Carrie Russell in a, quote, action-heavy role. She has worked with that film's writer and director in the past, J.J. Abrams, of course, on the show Felicity. Also trending online, the latest Wimbledon action. Go check it out for yourself. See who is winning. See who is losing. Oh, very exciting. Also, today is National Fried Chicken Day, and it's International Kissing Day. All right, that's us trending here at my talk. All right, here's your forecast. It's a great one for the weekend. Partly cloudy, 65 tonight, and then lots of sunshine all the way through the weekend. 84 tomorrow, 89 on Everybody, thanks for hanging out with us. Well, if you are looking for a great book to read that is going to keep you turning the page and you love uh, psychological suspense, uh, we've got the book for you. It's called The Perfect Mother, and the author, Amy Malloy, is joining us. Hi, Amy. Hi, Amy. Hi, guys. How are you? I'm good. How are you? We are. We're we're good, um, and we're excited to talk to you on a Friday of the Fourth of July week. We were like shocked that you weren't on vacation or something and <laughs> available to talk to us. So, um, as your debut novel, yeah. you are coming out of the gate with a, what a, a exciting thriller. Lori finished. I have thirty pages left, and I'm going crazy. Yeah. yeah. I don't want to tell you what happens. Don't tell me what happens, and it's already been optioned for a movie with Kerry Washington. Yeah, that's right. Crazy. I mean, that's, hello, that seems kind <laughs> of, like, that doesn't happen to too many first-time authors. I know. I'm still getting over it. It's been like a year and a half, and I'm still I'm still getting over the shock. Okay, but before we, because I do want to ask you something, because you have been a ghostwriter. You do know how to write, so this might be your first book, but you obviously have been writing for uh, quite Others. some time. But give people the setup of the perfect novel. Or the perfect or mother. mother. Uh, the perfect mother. A novel. And the perfect novel. It is the perfect novel. <laughs> the perfect novel. First, you have to you have to title it the perfect mother. Yes. Um, so the book is um, it's set in Brooklyn, um, uh, and it centers around a group of new parents called the May Mothers. Uh, so named because they all had their babies in May, and um, you know it's a new parent group, and they get together. They they you know they sort of they don't know each other, but they start to email each other, and then after the babies are born, they they start to hang out once or twice a week in the park. And when the babies are six weeks old, they decide that they would like they're ready for a night away for the first time, and so they organize to meet for drinks actually on the fourth of July, and they you know leave the babies behind with partners and spouses and babysitters, and while they're out, um, baby Midas the six-week-year-old son of Winnie, the single mom of the group, he goes missing. His babysitter fell asleep on the couch, and she woke up to, found, to find that the baby was gone. And so the book takes place over the next 13 days, and it follows three members of the May Mothers as they become increasingly sure that the police are screwing up the investigation and increasingly determined to you know, take matters into their own hands and find Midas before it's too late. You know, it's so... It's so good, Amy. Yeah. It's just such a good book. Where if you're just joining, it's the perfect mother by Amy Molly. Um, 
Amy, the thing that I was reading is that this is kind of a little bit of your real life story. Not that your child was abducted, but that <laughs> you, there's a ghost writer is one of the characters in the book. And you kind of said that you decided that you were going to write a novel and give yourself yeah. 12 months to do it. Yeah. Yeah. I've been ghost writing for about oh, 10 years. Um, you know, it was, it was, it was great. I got to make a living writing books and then. Um, but I really always wanted to try fiction, and so after I, I had I had my first daughter, and then I had my my second two years later, and so I decided after the second was born that it was kind of you know now or never, and it was actually it's never now or never, but I decided that it was time to really be serious about it, and so I said to the family like, okay, the the baby's one, and I'm getting a babysitter, and I'm going to go back to work. I'm going to you know take this. I'm going to consider it like a job to write this novel, and I'll give it one year, and. If, at the end of that, I don't finish, or it really stinks, or whatever happens. At least I can say that I tried. And so, I mean, it was January 5th that I started it, and I sold it a year later on January 20th. So I, I was very close. To that's really cool. That's really Within a week, you had six different people. I mean, you really, how wonderful. What was, you know, that's just so cool. Yeah. Well, I'm curious, um, Amy, because I think one of the things that your book speaks to, and I've never had... Uh, children, but one of the things I think in this these modern times that we live in with social media and everything, it seems like there's even more advice for new mothers yeah. than ever before. Whereas, quote unquote, in the olden days, it was a word of mouth thing that you shared with whatever or whomever. But now it just seems like it seems completely overwhelming to be a modern mom. Yeah, I, I totally. I mean, like anything else in the world, like the the news and you know everything is sort of in your face in such a in such a different way now, um, and including you know advice about parenting. Yes. And so you so you know you're told like you have to make your baby cry it out at twelve weeks or he's never going to sleep, and then you know the next page you turn and it's like if you do that your baby's going to have brain damage from <laughs> you know, and right. so there's this constant. And I think you know, and it was the book is you know it is based on my experience where I ended up. I joined a new mother's group mm-hmm. in Brooklyn and my husband and I, we don't have any family around and, you know, I was older. So I sort of thought that I was going to know what I was doing, but I was way more anxious than I expected. And I think a lot of it was, you know, these messages and, mm-hmm. and you know, and as a writer, I'm sort of always looking at things that happen like culturally and, you know, sort of really wanting to like pick it apart and turn over the rocks and study it. And this was, you know, the book is definitely a thriller and a page turn. Yes, hope, but, it is. But really, I think it's about, you know, it's a somewhat feminist look, I hope, at, I, at what I it means so. to be a mother. Yeah. Well, what I was thinking about is, is like, um, you know, at the same time, while social media is just inundates you with so much information, you also can find a network of people at all times of the day that can say you're normal, you're okay, kind yeah. of thing, too. Yeah. And but how yeah. well all the insecurities. These, but of, how well do these ladies really know each other? I mean, that was one of the things that I was intrigued with. Yeah. That, and it, that was funny in my own mom group. Like, it, it was a lot of it lives online. And, like, you know, much of our lives are online now, and it was a listserv. So you could, you know, people were writing into the listserv, and it was 2 o'clock in the morning, and it was like, here's some very personal thing that's happening with my body or my relationship or my baby. And, you know, within minutes, there would be dozens of, like, very thoughtful and generous responses. Mm-hmm. And so, but I would say to my husband, like, you know, one of these women could walk by me on the sidewalk, and I wouldn't even know her. But I know a lot about, like, the size of her nipples. <laughs> <laughs> and her and how she's dealing did with her you anxiety. Have, did you have the idea right away that you knew you wanted to have a baby go missing? Um, yeah, sort of. I mean, I knew that I wanted to have 
have like a baby in danger okay. uh, in some way because it was you know before I wrote the last book that I wrote was um, a book called However Long the Night which for, for much of that book it's set it's a, it's a biography of a woman who is working in West Africa and so I did a lot of travel and I was pregnant at the time and so I was really sort of intrigued by the way that you know motherhood happened in these really rural parts of, of West Africa. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, and it was like this idea of this tribe, like women, you have a baby and like that baby belongs to this, to, to your village as much yeah. as it belongs to the mother. And so, you know, I think it was like, that was, that was like the idea that sort of sparked it was like, you know, what would happen in Brooklyn among a monster, but something really bad happened to a baby. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that was, that was like, that was the spark that, that led to the, trying to figure out how to tell that story. And, and the did, title's perfect. Yeah, the perfect mother yeah. really is. <laughs> and, and did Carrie Washington get an advanced copy of the book? Yeah, so the way it works is, you know, I got an, a literary agent, agent. and she, she shopped it around to publishers, and we quickly signed with HarperCollins, and then my literary agent gave it to a film agent, and the film agent, you know, immediately thought that it had film potential, and so she shared it um, however they do it, among the Hollywood people. Right. Um, and there was a lot of interest, you know, I think like six different teams were interested in it. And then I got the call that Carrie Washington was one of them. And, and, so, Amy, and Amy Pascal, the producer. Yeah, right. Amy, Amy came to it first, and I was like, I was so excited to work with Amy Pascal, like I couldn't believe it. Yeah. And then she called and said, and actually Carrie wants to sign on too. And I was like, this is crazy. <laughs> like, yeah, well, it's, it's I mean, crazy. it's really, it's kind of the zeitgeist right now too. It feels very good in a way that uh, Hollywood is, they're taking the initiative, you women. know, with women to yeah. the option stories to give us movies and books and TV series that, you know, are speak, interesting and relatable. Yeah. And that speak to us. So I'm so happy that yeah. the, the narrative has just been okay. If, if, if the men won't produce it, yeah, we will. And if, you know, if you look at what Carrie is doing, you know, she's really starting to make a foray into producing and, and she's optioned three books that I know of, you know, yeah. mine. The Mothers by Britt Bennett, which is like a beautiful book about um, a group of African-American mothers. And then um, Little Fires Everywhere by Celeste Ng, yes. you know, which is also like a real female-driven narrative. Yeah, so. we read that book, too. Yeah, that I, I'm, we're just so, that's like, makes me, it gives us a hope. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, we totally. just love it. Yeah. Okay, so yeah. we have a question, Amy, um, that we ask everybody. What is the last, what was your last favorite book that you read? Oh gosh! Um, weirdly, it's the book. Well, my favorite one recently is I just finished it this morning. It's Misery by Stephen King. Oh my um, gosh, that's such a great book! Is, I actually have not. I can't believe it, but I have not ever read a Stephen King book, and so I'm currently working on my second novel, and it's um, it's becoming really dark and creepy in the most delicious way. <laughs> and, so I'm like really sort of drawing a lot of um, inspiration from Stephen King's characters. So yeah. it's just, you know, That's amazingly, amazingly dark. <laughs> um, I like that. And then, um, Amy, before we let you go, I just have one. I'm curious about the ghost writing. And yeah. so we have, we see a lot of famous people that do their books or, you know, mm-hmm. they say they write their books, but really so many of them are, do you think, I mean, do people read it into like a dictaphone? Do they give you, how does that work when you're basically writing someone else's story and they're just telling you and they're not writing a damn thing? Yeah, I mean, it's a fascinating part of publishing that nobody really talks about, but we all sort of accept the idea that like, if you know, famous people 
both have the time and the skill to write their own book. And yeah. um, nobody writes their own book. Okay, and, nobody. Like, I mean, really, from what I understand, like, Barack Obama is the only person I know who actually sits down and writes his own book. But, okay. Um, you know, but it, it's, you know, and it's in partnership, for sure. And it, there's a different levels of, of, you know, working. Like, I've worked with some people where I sort of do an entire first draft and then show it to him, and he's like, yes, and no, and edit. You know, and I've had other people where it's, like, an incredibly intense, like, in-depth back and forth. And um, my husband is a therapist, and I always say to him, like, it felt very much like we had the same job because it was getting people to open up to you and then figuring out a way, like, how to tell this arc of their story in right. a voice that's theirs, you know, and tells the message that they want. So yeah, that's, that's cool. fascinating. That's cool, because that's your one character yep. is a ghostwriter. Mm-hmm. Okay, so when yeah. will this book be out? Your neck, your dark book that you're writing right now, when will we see that next year? Um, I don't know. It was okay. supposed to be next year, but I'm sort of taking so, to, a step back to really, like, to, to spend some more time with these characters who, um, like, I'm trying to really push myself on the second book, so so we'll see. Okay. We'll see as possible. Well, right. good job on the first one, yeah. and nice chatting with you, and congratulations. Thanks, yeah, thank you so much. Thank Have you. a great Thank you for weekend. having me. Okay. Thank you. okay. The Perfect Mother by Amy Malloy. We've got three copies to give away, 651-641-1071, and it's going to be a movie. Yes, it is. People. Yes, it we'll, is. We'll be back. I'm looking through my phone again, feeling anxious. Oh, we're giving away books. We're giving away concert tickets. Who uh, who won um, the Luke Bryan tickets, Sonny? Uh, a lovely, a lovely, it was man lovely or person. Lady? It was no, it was a lady. Okay, good. Lady. Did, did you? What was the voice? You just said you knew Jodie Foster. Yes, Jodie Foster was. Yeah. The voice. Yes, did indeed. it take long for people to know? Actually, longer than I thought. It took really? about six or seven calls. All right. Oh, then people had of, a good dialing I for dollars. I had a lot of interesting guesses besides her. Yeah, good. All right, good. Because yes. we had to oh get to gosh. Amy. But Julia has like 30 pages left. I'm going crazy. I just want to read my book. Of The Perfect Mother. Yeah, it it's is. It's a good one. It is. Um, Books are everything. I didn't see it coming. I had an idea and then I had, and then I got rid of that idea and then I had another idea and you just have to keep turning the pages. I'm going crazy. Yeah. I wonder how much she sold that perfect mother for well, to Hollywood. Here, it's seven figures. I, it's said right wow. here. She, she had six offers, you guys. Unbelievable. She, how about that? That ghostwriters, about the only yeah. person who's written their own biography is Barack Obama. I, I guess I wasn't surprised to hear that. I, yeah, I, I guess I didn't yeah. know that because so many people paraded as their own. Right. Yeah. You know, sometimes they'll say in cooperation. Right. With That's really like that. unusual. Yeah. They want people to think because I always yeah. think, God, it'd be so hard to write a book. Yeah, you got a ghostwriter. Well, if exactly. You're, if you're an interesting enough person. A person that you have. Yeah. She said that um, there were six different teams of producers who were interested in optioning her book, The Perfect Mother. Mm. Um, but Amy Pascal and Amy Pascal works on James Bond franchise movies. She also she was Sony. She was all involved yeah, in that hack. A lot of she her was, emails. You're yeah. right mm-hmm. about Angelina Jolie. Yeah. And um, she said, um, but Amy Pascal was early on and I knew that I wanted to work with her. She's so smart. She really just got the book. And yeah. then Carrie came in a couple of days later. It was a clear choice. I think they're not sure yet who's going to play, who Carrie's going to play, but they're developing it to be her to play the main actress. But I don't even know who the main one is in here because there's so many different voices. Yeah, you know, is it the mom of the missing baby? Is, is it, it Francine, the, the ghostwriter? Is, is it, it the Nell, one? the drinker? The, yeah, yeah, exactly. 
Anyway. I mean, it really, it, it, oh gosh. All right, so anyway. I give it four out of five stars. And the agree. reason I don't give it five out of five is that the alternating voices, um, if you have, like, if if you don't like following different narrators, that to me takes off a star. Well, and I'm going to tell you why I agree with you there mm-hmm. is because um, the alternating voices, you have to pay attention. You do. Mm-hmm. It's not a book that you. Yeah, it's yeah. a page turner, but you have to pay attention. Yes. And it's like, <laughs> and it, you know, do you know what I mean? Yeah, Sometimes yeah, I, I you can do. just yeah. fly by. Yeah. You're right. like, oh, I and love this. I love it. Yes. I love it. But it's four definitely out of five. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. That might be something they do with the movie. Maybe they'll cut down. Oh, some for of the sure. Voices. There's too many. There's there, yeah. for sure. They will. Yeah. In fact, it may be, you know, the movie will be one of those things where you go, oh, it's it's uh, even better than the book. Yeah. Because it'll take care. Okay, so well, something uh, that we have to talk about it opens today. Whitney, yeah, the documentary, mm-hmm. and um, Chris Riemann Schneider, who we're going to talk to at four thirty. He reviewed it for the Star Tribune. Mm-hmm. He gave it three out of four stars. Right. Um, uh, the Muse. Um, they're uh, and it's eighty nine percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Right. Okay. So the Whitney, the guy from Muse, he. Uh, said the film was a staggering amount of pain for him, and he left the theater rattled. Yep. He said it was, he said, I don't believe the creative decisions behind such a bleak portrait were made in bad faith. But as a lifelong fan of Whitney, I never had a less enjoyable time thinking about her than I did for the two hours I spent right. screening this movie. And even and even Chris, you know the 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 documentary tries to answer what happened to this woman who we appeared to have it all. Yes, and um, the filmmaker is a Scottish filmmaker, Kevin McDonald, and he had recently done the Bob Marley. But he um, did the last King of Scotland document. Yes, in the oh, last. Yes. Yeah, yeah, he did that in two thousand six. But the Bob Marley one was. Top rated, and that was in 2012. I never even heard of that, Miley. I, I, I know never, it. I missed that one. But he, everyone, he had access to like 70 different um, colleagues, associates, family. family, but he didn't have access to Robin, which was the woman that she had the alleged a lesbian yeah, connection but with. But I mean, so. if he uncovered the thing that she'd been abused by her cousin, D, uh, not Dean Warwick's sister, whatever right. her name is, as Dee well Dee. as Dee Dee. as well as her brother Whitney Houston's brother Gary Houston. He was abused by yes. her too, and that was something that came out last year. And he he said that he being Kevin mm-hmm. McDonald, the director of the film, saying he was shocked. He didn't realize. It was going to be such a big story. But why is it like Raymond Schneider said it's long and ultra depressing, but still compelling. Well, here's what Oprah said. Okay. Okay, What did Oprah say about Whitney? She has a beautiful picture of Whitney, the cover of the movie screener. This new documentary opens today. It's fearlessly revealing. Watch last night. Woke up thinking about it. Footage we've never seen before. Mm -hmm. Revelations we've never heard. Mm -hmm. And a lot of questions answered. Excellent job at Lisa Espermaro team. All right. But I, I feel like it's heavy and sad. Well, it won't heal any wounds. And another reviewer uh, uh, said it was strange how the documentary goes out of order, shows things out of order. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, 
a snippet with uh, Bobby Christina, and then right. the next scene is her singing the Star Spangled Banner, which right. is before, before. she had, you know, they, so there were, I think there might be that, but um, the other thing that they I, also said it was like, uh, this other reviewer said it was like the, okay, the last 15 years of Whitney's career might not have been the greatest and the biggest single biggest biggest thing that gave that impression was that reality show being Bobby yeah. Brown. But she did have moments where she did come back up. Like in 1999, she performed on Oprah mm-hmm. uh, show. She did. I didn't know my own strength. And everyone was I like, she's back. Song. She's back. So people were like, why didn't this guy put in some more of the positives? Yes. So then it doesn't seem like the last 15 years were just of her life were just nothing. Misery. Yeah. Yeah. The, one of the things that I found interesting about the documentary dude, Kevin McDonald mm-hmm. is he said he wasn't a Whitney fan back in the day. Mm-hmm. And I would have been embarrassed to say I was. Oh yeah. And so I'm thinking, I, I been, don't know. Then he was the right person well, to make this movie. Well, and I've been an, unbiased, an out loud, proud Whitney fan since yeah. the beginning, and to the point of sappiness. Same. In my in my girlfriend, I, I bought that forget. first album, and I mean it was that and that Madonna, and yeah. And I mean, my friend Lady Di, I will never forget when the Bodyguard came mm-hmm. out. She couldn't believe it wasn't nominated for an Oscar. Well, it was groundbreaking, the whole biracial yeah. romance with Kevin, Kevin Costner, Costner yeah, and everything. Right. It I, did not get the respect in which it was due. Because that album sold everything, that soundtrack, yeah. one of yeah. the best-selling soundtracks. I just think, yeah, I, I think that would be how we would come away from it, because we love Whitney Houston. Mm-hmm. We would want to see more of her greatness on the screen. Yeah. Because, so. gosh, when we saw Bee and Bobby Brown in, like, 2005 or six, that was so disheartening and we don't were, forget she got sued by her dad too yeah remember that he was awful oh all right Ish. well anyway so all right but again on rotten tomatoes what is the stars it's at 89 percent yeah chris gave it three out of four stars yeah, so. so i mean you know you know we'll see it i know we're whitney fans i know I, i'm gonna see it we love her no matter what <laughs> okay